helps to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 21. Yeah, and Brother Aaron was supposed to do the New Testament reading, but he hasn't made it back yet, so I'll go ahead and cover that for him. Uh, John, chapter 21. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to cut this shorting, this reading a little bit short today. We're just going to read through verse 14 rather than reading the entire chapter. We'll just read John 21, verses 1 through 14. I'm reading from the New King James Version. I'd like to ask you to follow along in whatever copy uh, of God's Word that you have with you today. John, chapter 21, and again, the reading reason we're reading through John today or in John today, is because we have been working our way through this gospel, this being the last chapter. John 21. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and in this way he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to him, said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we're going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered him, no. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of the fish. Verse 7, Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then, as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land, full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, Come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. May the blessings of our God be upon the reading of his word uh, today. Uh, brother, brother Kevin, before you begin leading the next song, would you lead us in a word of prayer? Let's pray. Lord, my God, you are most holy, most worthy of our worship, and so much more. Lord, we cannot fathom you. We cannot fathom your your power, 
your greatness. And yet, Lord, in spite of that, you are good and merciful and loving. And so we will forever praise you for that. Father, I just pray that you would be in our hearts now as we worship you. Lord, show us your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, in, in light of uh, Brother Eric teaching on spiritual gifts, I, I picked out a song that I, I think we did a few years ago, but um, some of you may remember it. But it's called, uh, Though I May Speak with Bravest Fire. <clears throat> if you would stand with me. It's a real short song. It's real simple. And it goes, um, Though I may speak with bravest fire And have the gift to all inspire And have not love, my words are vain As sounding brass and hopeless gain that's it. It's just a real simple song. So if we could roll that back and let's sing verse one again. Though I may speak with bravest fire and have the gift to all inspire and have not loved my words are vain as sounding brass and hopeless game. You probably see the similarities to 1 Corinthians 13. I think this was adapted from that. Verse 2. Though I may give all I possess and striving so my love profess but not be given by love within the prophets who turn strangely thin come spirit come our hearts control our spirits long to be made whole let inward love guide every deed by this we worship and are free Our next one is I Will Glory My Redeemer. How many people know this one? Okay, so most everybody. <clears throat> uh, this, is, this is a really great song, except for the third verse. I will glory in my Redeemer who waits for me at gates of gold, and when he calls me it will be paradise, his face forever to behold. What's wrong with that? Gates of gold. That's wrong. What is it? Gates of pearl, right? 
And that's not just some theological tidbit. I, I think there's significance to the fact that these giant 200-foot-tall gates that mark the way into the New Jerusalem are made of pearl. Because how is a pearl made? You think of a tiny grain of sand getting into a mollusk, irritating that mollusk. And over time, it turns into a pearl. He basically makes it into a pearl. This beautiful, white, iridescent jewel that we adorn ourselves with jewelry, right? And we greatly prize. I mean, these are expensive things. And so I think that the reason those gates are made of pearl is to show us that this way was made through the suffering of another, the suffering of the suffering servant, the way, the truth, and the life, the one pearl of great price, Jesus Christ. So let's sing about him uh, today. I will glory in my Redeemer. Priceless blood has ransomed me. Mine was the sin that drove the bitter nails and hung him on that judgment tree. I will glory in my Redeemer who crushed the power of sin and death. A holy judge. The Lamb who is my righteousness, the Lamb who is my righteousness. I will glory in my Redeemer, my life He bought, my love He owns. I have no longings for another. I'm satisfied in Him alone. I will glory in my Redeemer, His faithfulness, my standing place. Though foes are mighty and rush upon me, my feet are firm held by His grace. My feet are firm held by His grace. I will glory in my Redeemer Who carries me on eagle's wings He crowns my life with loving kindness His triumph song I'll ever sing I will glory in my Redeemer Who waits for me at gates of gold and when he calls me, it will be paradise. His face forever to behold. His face forever to behold. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. everybody. I invite you to open your Bibles this morning to 
1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's good to have everybody here today. If you're visiting with us, we welcome you and we do always uh, hope and pray that anyone visiting with us would be feel welcomed here, that you'll feel warmly welcomed by the congregation here at New Life Baptist Church, and also that you'll be edified by being with us. Uh, today's message is going to be entitled, again, Concerning Spiritual Gifts, and this is part two of, um, I guess, a series that I began last week. And um, we're going to pick up here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to read verses 7 through 13 today. That's going to be our primary text uh, that we're looking at together here in the next few minutes. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you've located that in your copy of God's Word this morning, would you say amen? amen? I'll read it aloud for us, and we come to God's Word today, reading this passage, knowing that it is a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in our hearts, and we do, good, we do well to heed the word. Verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Verse 12. For as the body is one, and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. May the Lord bless the reading of His Word. Let's go to our God and Father in prayer. Father, thank you for the activities that have taken place in this service today already, for that which you have done and are doing in our midst. Lord, I pray for those who are um, contemplating baptism and committing their lives to Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for them that they would, Lord, be courageous to obey your word. We do not live in a day, Lord, where cowardliness is going to uh, cut it lord you've not called us to be cowards but you've called us to be courageous and i pray lord for any who are thinking about following the lord and becoming a christian i pray lord that you'd give them grace that they might and lord i thank you for these that have and lord we just pray that you would bless them and keep them that you would cause your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them Lord, we pray that you will lift up your countenance upon them and give them peace. And Father, please do so for us now as we open your word and come to it, needing to hear it. 
needing to be transformed by it. And we come in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, in His name only. Amen. All right, so uh, last week we worked through, really through the first seven verses here. We saw several things about gifts last week, and we're just going to continue that flow here today as we work through this text. I have three points that I want to share with you from this. And as we look into these uh, verses here and talk about this topic of spiritual gifts, it's important to us because if New Life Baptist Church is going to be the church that God intends for us to be, it will mean that every member is um, utilizing their gift employing their gift in this body for the glory of God and for the good of one another. And that's why we're looking at this topic of spiritual gifts, because it is so important. Um, I, for one, believe that New Life Baptist Church can be the healthiest, most thriving church that North Alabama has ever seen, and maybe beyond that. And I'll remind you of our purpose statement as a church. It is that we would be a thriving community of Christ followers, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Thriving means that we are alive, that we are a people who are alive unto God, and that we are joining arms shoulder to shoulder, striving together for the faith of the gospel. That's what God has called us to. Philippians 1.27 says as much that we are to be of one mind, of one spirit, striving together for the faith of the gospel. So I believe that we can we can be that by the grace of God in our lives and by his mercy. And I'll remind you, we have not yet arrived. We are not there. We still have a long ways to go. There are still too many members of this body that are not employing their spiritual gifts for the profit of all. And I pray that God would use his word to give us the courage to obey him, to be the people that he has called us to be, to be the members of the body that he has called us to be. So the first point that I want to share with you today as we look through this is number one, the manifestations of the spirit. We're going to see the manifestations of the spirit, the maneuverings of the spirit. And then lastly, the members by the spirit. And I'll try to explain all those to you as we work through this. But in verses seven through ten. We see that in verse 7, the apostle writes and says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And then after that, you have a list of nine manifestations of the Spirit. And what I've called these are nine high-profile gifts. Nine high-profile gifts. Because uh, it's really appropriate that Paul would give this list as we read through that. Seeing the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, another faith, and the gifts of healings, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. We may read that and we're like, whoa, those, those are some pretty serious spiritual gifts right there. And the reason Paul gave those is because these Corinthians, they were, um, they were infatuated by spiritual gifts. Chapter 14, verse 12 says, even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. The reason Paul gave this list is because it was putting it right back to the Corinthians who were so em emphasizing spiritual gifts and what gift they had, not for the glory of God and not for the good of others, but for the glory of themselves. Paul is saying here, any gift that you have is a manifestation of the Spirit. The Spirit is the one who has given it to you. Therefore, the Spirit should get the credit and it should bring glory to God and it should be for the good of the church. 
So we've seen how this works a little bit back up in verse four. It says there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. So the gifts leads to ministries. The ministries lead to activities. Uh, Many people will say, I wonder what spiritual gift I have. How do I know what spiritual gift I have? Maybe this is a little key for us to maybe understand this. What ministry do you get involved in? Where are you ministering in the church? Where are you profiting the church? If you're serving the church, if you're profiting the body through your service, there is likely a gift of the spirit that lies behind it. So look at the fruit in your life in the church And trace that back to see what God has given to you that you might serve him in that way for the profit of all. Does that make sense? Stop trying to figure out what your gift is and then do something because of it. Do what you're inclined to do in the church for the glory of God and then trace it back and say, God did it through me because he gifted me to do this ministry for the profit of the church. And uh, that might be um, helpful to us if we do that. So if we look at this list, I'm not going to deal with this list right now uh, because what I'm going to do at a later date is take all of the gifts. This is only nine of about 21 or 22 gifts that are given in the New Testament. All right, so I'm not going to work through trying to explain what all of these mean right now. At a later date, we're going to take, bring a, a compilation of the gifts together even though none of the gifts are exhaustive. But we're going to bring them together and sort of work through them at a later date. Right now, I just wanted to show you these nine high-profile gifts, but let you see how these are manifestations of the Spirit. These are the ways in which the Spirit was enabling the body there in Corinth. It should have been for the profit of all, but the Corinthians sometimes got that got that mixed up so today I you know I just want to point out to you you Christian have a spiritual gift if you are a Christian you have a spiritual gift according to the word of God look at verse 7 but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all so each one has a gift it's not for your enjoyment but it's for public employment so we are to employ that among the church You, Christian, are responsible to steward that gift in such a way as to bring benefit or profit to all. Because in bringing profit to all the body, you bring profit to your master, Jesus Christ. You have a light. You are to let it shine. Do not bury your talent in the ground. The master will return one day and he will require an accounting. Why do you slumber, O sluggard? Spiritual rest and selfishness has gone on too long. There are souls that need to be saved and there are disciples that need to be made. Why do you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, then serve Him. Serve Him through the power of the Spirit that He has given to you in a spiritual gift in the church, employing that gift for the sake of His body. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16 tells us that the body is held together 
by uh, every joint with which it is equipped. Uh, when uh, each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. If the parts of the body aren't doing what they need to do, then the body will not grow as it needs to grow. Now, you can think about the human body. If you're, you know, if something's not working right on your body, it's not. It's, it just messes everything up sometimes. But that's the way it is in the church. Now, I've taken these down. The, the, I know it was hard to get them down, <laughs> but lo, ministry teams, local outreach, kids ministry, teaching substitutes, special days team, nursery and child care, security, men's ministry, building and grounds, women's ministry, decorations, sound and media, youth ministry, Welcome and hospitality, missions. You may, don't you sit there and say, I don't have anywhere to serve in the church. That's baloney. You do have somewhere to church, serve in the church. There are many ways in which you can serve the Lord in New Life Baptist Church. That means that you can employ your gift in the good, for the good of this body. You can do it. But what's more than you can do it? You should do it. Because Jesus Christ is coming back one day. And His Spirit has given you something that is not for you. It's for us. It's for the church. And you will give an account to our Lord as to what you have done with what He has given to you. That's the manifestation of the Spirit. Let's go, number two, to the maneuverings of the Spirit. Maneuverings means, um, basically means movings. You may say, well, why don't you just use the word moving? Well, I thought of maneuvering first. And maneuvering sounds a little cooler. And maneuvering actually shows a little bit more strategy. It is, it requires skill and it requires care. It requires intentionality. And as we look here at verse 11, we see that the Spirit, His maneuverings, In verse 11, but one and the same Spirit works all these things. Distributing to each one individually as He wills. I want to show you four words go along with this. Number one is this, singular. The movement of the Spirit, the work of the Spirit and the spiritual gifts is singular. The Spirit of God God gives all of these different gifts. No matter what gift you have for the benefit of the church, it was given to you by the Spirit of our God. Number two is this. It is systematic. He works distributing. It is intentional. It's purposeful. It has a goal. It has an end. It has a design to it. And the design for it is that his body would be all that his body ought to be. It is systematically. And then finally, it is sovereign. He does it as he wills. You don't coerce him into giving you the gift that you want. You don't manipulate him. You don't bend his arm and twist his arm until he gives you the gift that you think that you ought to have or that somebody else ought to have. The Spirit of God gives the gift that he wants each individual person to have so that the body would come together in the way that it ought to and grow up unto a mature body in Christ Jesus. How does he do that? I don't know. I guess he does it the same way that he causes us to be born again. 
John 3, 8, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound and you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. And so it is the spirit works in among us to make us his people and to gift us as he wills. Number three. Moving right along is this, the members by the Spirit. This brings us to verses 12 and 13. In verses 12 and 13, we see this. He says, for as the body is one and has many members. Okay, so just so you understand, a human body has hands, has feet, has a head, has ears, has legs, all the different parts, has heart, lungs, kidneys, uh, everything else, uh, as the body has many members, or as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. So he's pointing out here the unity of the body. All right? And then we go to verse 13. We might ask, from verse 12, how did we get that way? How did we get to be all these different members but one body? Verse 13, for by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Now let's see here. Uh, we have spirit. Puts us in the body. In the body, there are many members of that one body, but they are one. All right, when I walk up to you, you don't say, oh, hey, look, there's Eric's arms. Oh, look, there's Eric's head. You know, you might say, oh, there's Eric. And Eric is made up of everything Eric's made up of, okay? Just like you're made up of what you're made up of. And we know you as one. And the, the church is made up of many members, but we are one body, the body of Christ. Now, you notice here in this first part that he says, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. You might think back to a passage like Mark chapter one, verse eight, where it says there. uh, John the Baptist was saying this. He said, I indeed baptized you with water. But he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And he was talking about Jesus. All right, so after the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, and then his ascension up into heaven, you know what he did? He poured out his spirit. Acts chapter 2. He poured it out upon the church. And at Pentecost, the church in Acts chapter 2 was filled with the spirit. And ever since then, those who have believed in the Lord received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay? You can see that in Scripture. Those who believe receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, after that, what happens is 
the Spirit in our lives, the Spirit's working in us, baptizes us into the body of Christ, the spiritual body of Christ. You see here in verse 13, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, immersed into, put into one body. So that, in reality, what we see when we see these waters stirred, and we see uh, people baptized in the water, we are seeing a physical expression of a spiritual reality. Because the spiritual reality is that the Spirit of God works in a person to cause them to be born again, thus believing the gospel by faith, repenting of sin, and being united into the spiritual body of Christ. And that is the working of the Spirit. It, it Flesh profits nothing. The Spirit gives life. John chapter 6. And Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are Spirit and they are life. So the Spirit gives life. And the Spirit joins us, immerses us into the spiritual body of Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter who you are. Jew or Greek, slave or free. And then he says at the last part of it, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. And as I conclude, you might say, well, what does that mean? That sounds pretty cool. Context, context, context. Each one has received a gift. We drink, at least in part, from the Spirit Because the Spirit provides and supplies us with the gifts needed to benefit the body of Christ. At least it means that in this context. Today, I ask you, have you um, believed on the Lord? And if you have believed on the Lord, are you a faithful member of a church where you are employing your gift that He has graciously granted to you, given to you for the profit of all? Are you serving the Lord in the local church, the one who has redeemed us from our sins? Let's pray. Father, I thank You and pray that You'd use Your Word today in our lives and in this church to build us up. In Jesus' name, Amen.